0: Coming up today, Brian Gorsham withdraws from the Adelaide 36ers coaching job. And does that pave the way now for Scott Ninnis to become full-time coach of this team? Isaiah Thomas, yes, that's right, open to a move here to the NBL. Is Bryce Cotton now in the conversation for the greatest ever? And this long break, how will the teams approach it? That's all coming up on NBL Now. It is Wednesday, the twenty-first of February. As always, great to be with you on NBL Now. The Wednesday edition is all about the man on my screen here, Derek Rucker. D-Ruck. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jack. And uh, I hope you're recovering. We had a hectic five days. You can probably just hear it in my voice a little bit. Uh, I'm just about <laughs> out of voice. I've done too much talking in the last five or six days. But we'll get to the awards night and the finals launch very, very shortly. Let's jump straight into the hottest story to over the last. 12 to 24 hours, and that is Brian Gorgian, as reported by Olga Newledge from ESPN.com.au, has withdrawn from the race to coach the Adelaide 36ers.
1: And this is probably
0: the best outcome for everyone,
1: um, and probably including Sixers executives and ownership. Gorgian has now laid a path for Scotty Nennis to take over and get a nice deal and become the head coach of the 36ers for the next two Possibly three seasons now, look, I'm not trying to discredit Scotty Ninnis because he did a really good job in salvaging that team season, and I think the win on Sunday over New Zealand and the style in which they did in which they were clearly the better team on the day and exemplified a certain style of play, I think that was the ultimate uh the ultimate final straw and Ninnis is fully deserving of this job and and congratulations to him.
0: And for what it's worth, it it seems as though he had the support of the playing group, and DJ Vasiljevic was the one who spoke publicly about it, but, you know, in the last week, we've been to Adelaide, you and I rock, we had the awards night, we've sort of been able to have a chat to a, a few different players, and it seems as though that this is very much the player's choice as well.
1: It is, and I think you probably picked up on the unity amongst that playing group after the game, and I'm always curious to see... Which players interact with one another? How players interact with one another? And is there like a widespread engagement amongst the playing group? And I think that was quite obvious in Adelaide that that team is really united. Now, look, they need to make some changes to get to the championship level, but it's good that they have that core group together who really seem happy to play together. And we we spent some time, you and I did with Scott Ninnis pregame. Down in Adelaide and we got a good idea of where he was at with everything. I thought he was really professional and mature with his, you know, perspective on the Sixers dealing with Brian Gorge and rumors and meeting with him and so forth. It sounded like they had been quite transparent with him throughout the process. And I also spent more time with him down in Melbourne after the awards dinner at the Crown Casino late night. And, you know, he's in his mind, he's putting together his team for next season and it's great to see. I think he's. Uh, I think he'll do a really good job. He keeps it simple. It's more of an old-school approach. He just kind of guides the players in positions instead of trying to micromanage them, and I think it's worked very well with that particular group.
0: Well, let's talk about that then, and we are working off the assumption that this is going to be announced potentially as early as today, maybe even tomorrow, that there are no more barriers left uh, for Scott unless there's some sort of gross fallout when it comes to terms and and money and all that sort of stuff, but assuming that this does get announced very soon, the next thing they'll need to do is get proactive during free agency. Are you bringing Trey Kell back?
1: I really like what Trey Kell did this season. I thought he was undervalued in his time with the Phoenix. I thought that injuries really curtailed his potential impact that season, and Good vision from the Sixers to get him signed and that credit goes to CJ Bruton. But if you look at rounds 12 or 13 all the way to about round 18, Trey Kell was one of the best players in the comp this season. He had a triple double in round 13 and he was the main driving force. He was the next piece to go along with Humphreys and Vasilievic to turn that team into a winning team over that stretch of the season. So. You know, I really like the idea of bringing him back for another couple of years. The feedback that we got from the coaching staff and his teammates was outstanding. He's low maintenance. And from a playing perspective, he and DJ have a good playing relationship. They don't step on each other's toes out there on the floor. And there were games where they both got off, which I find very important.
0: And then the other is Isaac Humphreys. Now, without understanding the finances, and all we know is kind of what we're hearing, but also what's been reported that there is quite a distance at the moment between Isaac and the Adelaide 36ers. Now that they've got their coach and they've clearly got a bit of a game plan, which was one that Isaac really thrived in, are you going out of your way now to make this happen, Ruck, or does it come to a point where you've got to accept that this is possibly not going to happen?
1: This is a really good week for positive PR, Jack, if you play it right from a club perspective. So if you get your coach signed today or tomorrow, and then, you know, over the weekend or Monday, you announce that you signed Isaac Humphreys, that is a real boost for your franchise. And I think he must be the next piece. I'm not messing around. Obviously you got, you know, you've got restrictions in terms of finances. But you can't go soft right here and try and haggle over 30, 40, 50,000 bucks. It's not worth it because the guy is too valuable. He's proven what he can do. Just like I always say about getting a high-quality coach, pay overs. You don't have to worry about it. Well, I think the same is applying now with Australian big men. They're so valued as commodities in the league, and there aren't a lot of good ones. You've got your hands on one. You've got the incumbency as a franchise. Get it done. Don't mess around. Pay him his money.
0: We'll keep you across this one on NBL now, but it looks as though an announcement is pending sooner rather than later for Scott Ninnis to be the full-time coach now of the Adelaide 36ers, which is a win for the good guys. He's a wonderful guy in basketball, Scotty Ninnis. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is in town at the moment, has been for the last week, has done a few different events, spoke on Tasmanian radio yesterday and said, I'm available. I love the game of basketball. I want to keep playing.
1: I'm open to the NBL. And why wouldn't he be? You know, he probably has watched some games and seen the success of smaller guards in this competition, not only this season, but historically. He's friends with Jerome Randall. Jerome is a guy who had big time success in this league. So now Pat Miller's getting it done. Jordan Crawford's getting it done. And then we saw one of the MVP finalists in Parker Jackson Cartwright. He's dominating the competition. And from Isaiah's Isaiah's point of view, at the age of 35, without having to play back-to-backs and a much lighter and dem- less demanding schedule than, say, the NBA, I think it's a competition where he can really come in and be a strong second guy on your team. And we know what his skill level is like. And obviously, he loves a game. He's got a great personality. You know, there are probably a couple of teams out there that should give him a real good look.
0: 550 NBA games. You can't sneeze at that one. Uh, there might be a few teams here that, as you say, would have pricked up in a big way with Isaiah Thomas saying that. Uh, What's NBL overtime? Couldn't catch it last night. What's it first thing this morning? Love the conversation that Liam Santamaria had on the show about Bryce Cotton now and how it has evolved from Bryce being a star of the competition now to is he one of the all-time greats? And Liam – put Bryce Cotton in the same category as Andrew Gaze and Leroy Loggins. Now, we're not here to to debate best import ever right now, but you've been in this league, Derek, for a very, very long time now. Do you agree with what Liam had to say?
1: So I think I've got Bryce Cotton in that same stratosphere with Ricky Grace. I think they're right there side by side. And I always value longevity. And I don't think that's going to be a problem for Bryce, provided he can keep himself healthy. Now, we've seen him get some knocks recently. I spoke with him yesterday at the finals launch. He's feeling pretty good. He's got the little knee contusion, but he has a body. His biomechanics are such that he can last till he's 37, 38, 39 in this league. And the other thing, he's really smart. He knows mm. how to learn quickly. He understands his competition. He's a historian of the game. He has great pride in his performance and he's a, he's a real, real inquisitive guy who's always looking to learn. He's curious. And I think if you put all those attributes together and just mix it with his crazy talent and desire to win, I think on the trajectory he is on, he is going to be right there side by side with you know, it's going to be a 1A, 1B, 1C situation with Bryce, Andrew and Leroy.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think the other part of Liam's conversation, which I thought was really important is, and he and I were actually talking about this on our travels on the weekend. We all get emotional about our teams and situations in games. And sometimes Bryce Cotton can break your heart so often that you can almost love to hate him in some respects because of what he's done to you, but... We're in the middle, rock, I believe, of, of an incredible era in Australian basketball with Bryce Cotton. We are watching, we're watching greatness. We're watching something legendary happen before our very eyes. And I think sometimes the negativity, you can talk about whether he gets fouls or whether he doesn't get fouls or whatever, but I feel like all basketball fans should take a, a, some time to appreciate what we're witnessing. Is that fair?
1: Yes, and I honor your perspective in terms of Australian basketball and his greatness, but Jack, it extends beyond there. He's turning into an Australian sporting icon. I don't care what sport you examine over the past 10 years. You look at Bryce's past seven years, he is probably the most dominant athlete in Australian sport. He's got four MVPs. Who else is operating at that level? You know, you can go to, you can go to rugby league with Cleary. You know, you can go to the AFL. Dusty Martin had his run. But Bryce Cotton, I think, is at a higher level than even those guys. And there's no slowing him down. You know, what if he wins another championship this season? And there was speculation earlier in the year, and I and I debunked it right away when I heard it, that perhaps he was losing a step or his athleticism was called into question. And that was just crazy talk. Sometimes you just have bad stretches of play and because he's so brilliant, he worked it out quick and now he's back to being his dominant best and I can't speak highly enough of his playing ability and what he represents in terms of his character structure. Just a very respectful and pleasant person to be around who
0: has a lot of time for everyone. Finals launch was yesterday. Uh, You were in the house. It was a a great morning, Scotty. Pippen was there. We had representatives from all of the six teams involved. I don't know about you, Ruck, but I came away from that one so excited about what's coming up in the postseason because th- there are genuine cases for all six teams. And I'm including Sydney and New Zealand in this. They would have to do it the long way around the mountain, but there are cases for all teams and their championship credentials.
1: I really like the energy in the building, Jack. There was a tension and a competitiveness. You know, we had six coaches in there and like, They were all kind of in good moods, but they weren't really vibing with each other too much. They weren't giving too much away. And you could realize you saw the seriousness of the situation, even though, you know, we were still eight, nine days out from round one tipping off. And I just feel like there's so much balance. We don't know how this thing goes. You know, you look at Sydney. I would think that Sydney, given New Zealand's situation right now, are going to handle New Zealand and Sydney. But we don't know where Sydney team is going to roll up on the night. Maybe the team we saw crush Southeast Melbourne by 55 is what we're going to see for the balance of the playoffs, and they're going to go on a run, get through New Zealand, get through the loser of the other play-in game, and then face Melbourne United in a three-game series. Who knows? And, you know, on the other side of it, Illawarra and Tasmania, what a great game to to start it off with. And check, yeah, people are asking me for predictions and I just don't know. You know, I can go through the hard metrics and look at it and go head to head and go on current form, but it's so difficult to predict. And, you know, Illawarra plays well on the road. Tasmania are tough at home. It's going to be fascinating. And I think, you know, the level of the level of intrigue was high last year. But it's so much harder this season.
0: I can't wait. I can The twenty eighth couldn't come around quick enough. In some respects, it's almost the delay is going to kill us because we've got so many scenarios to play out in our heads, and we'll play out a lot of them on this show. Hey, before we finish up, we kind of teased this a couple of weeks ago. You've been very, very busy. We've been in the studio in the last week, and Derek Rucker's top fifteen NBL players launches tomorrow. In the words of Swifty, are you ready for it?
1: <laughs> well, I worked really hard. This was probably a six to eight week project that I that I decided to go for, and uh, it was very difficult. We have so many talented and outstanding players, and unique, and so many of their different characteristics that I'm pretty happy with my final fifteen turned out to be. And there are going to be some guys that are going to be upset, disappointed, angry at me. And if you're not in the 15, it doesn't mean that I don't think you're any good. This league is loaded with outstanding players. And there's so little between number seven and number 17 that, you know, I had to go over it so often. And, you know, I talked it over with a couple of confidants, and they gave me some real, real uh direct feedback, which I appreciate it. <laughs> but I hope everyone really looks at it and and come up with your own 15. Share your own 15. Um, in the comments section or create your own post or whatever you want to do, because I'm really curious to see other people's perspective and perhaps how my 15 could have been better or it could have been worse. I, I'm, re- I'm, I'm just excited to see what comes of it, Jack.
0: It is coming tomorrow. Keep your eye on all of the NBL social media channels, the NBL website, and of course, however you download this show and all of the great NBL podcasts. That is all coming up and there's going to be a lot of debate on the other side of that. Ruck, have a great weekend. and. I look forward to just seeing how your mentions and DMs, how they unfold over the next three or four days once this thing drops. Thank you, Jack. I'm starting to get immune
1: to the comments and, the, uh, and some of the negativity that gets thrown my way. But, you know, it's all in good fun and it's all in passion for the game and love for the NBL. So uh, bring
0: it on. Thanks for being with us this morning. We'll keep our eyes across the Adelaide news. And, of course, we will be back tomorrow.